0: Good morning, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for joining us again on this Thursday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate you joining us, whether you're watching this live or watching this later in the day or catching this through audio format. Uh, we're glad you're with us and glad to have an opportunity to be part of your day. Uh, we are continuing in our study and our verse-by-verse walk through the book of Philippians. So if you're following along, we're in Philippians chapter number three and we, pick, we finished yesterday in verse number eight. So we're gonna pick up Paul's thinking he's talking about joy joy over things and he really you come down to the core of joy come down to the foundational things and that is our relationship with jesus christ and so he talks a bit about that and he talks about the fact that you know sometimes people think that my i come to christianity because i want god to solve all my problems and eliminate all my struggles and if I come to Jesus, life will be simple and all the different stuff. And if it doesn't happen, then obviously Jesus has failed. Well, I hope we understand the Bible does not teach. that. As a matter of fact, we're gonna see a little bit in this passage of quite the opposite of that. So follow along with me, maybe in verse number nine. The Bible says, Paul says, and be found in him, found in Jesus, he says, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, it's it's an emptiness, it's my self-righteousness, he said, but that, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So he starts off with talking about this positional salvation. Uh, one of the biggest things we need to understand when we come to salvation is, one, he says, I'm not trying to gain my own righteousness. We call it a self-righteousness. I I do a lot of good things, and if I do enough good things, well, then I'm righteous, then I'm good, and God has to accept me. It's not scriptural that is of the law. That's the way the Old Testament law, or at least I shouldn't say the Old Testament law, that's how they went off, but really it was how the law that had been established in this in this time in this new testament time where all these laws have been added by the pharisees and sadducees and so he's saying these things are empty these things are fake they don't do anything they don't bring righteousness they don't bring true it's positional let me say what i mean by positional on that day that i acknowledge that i'm a sinner that i confess and and, and and believe that jesus is god and i'm willing to turn from my sin and put my faith in jesus and truly not just say your prayer but truly turn and, and make jesus my savior and turn to him Uh, When I do that, it's a positional change. And here's what happens. Once I get saved, um, God positionally makes me a a child of his own. He makes me one of his own children. I become a child of God. It's a positional thing. That's why we can say that I'm a saint um, in, in the aspect of the way the Bible says it. I'm not a saint. I'm not perfect, but I'm righteous. Now, it's what we call an imputed righteousness. Someone else has imputed their righteousness on me. I am not righteous. Now, here's how it really looks. So I get saved. I come from a life of sin, and I get saved. Well, I unfortunately am I'm still a sinner. But when, G- when God looks down to me, that sinner, he sees that I have accepted Jesus Christ, and as the Bible says I've been washed in his blood. It's a figurative idea, but washed. Because of the blood of Jesus on the cross, I have been cleansed. He looks down at me, and while God can see everything, he sees the blood of Jesus, and he sees that I am now... Jesus' righteousness is imputed on me. It's a positional thing. Really, the premise would be adoption. When someone gets adopted today, their name is changed, and all of the benefits with that new name come with it. If you get adopted into a royal family or to a wealthy family, all of the benefits with that last name are imputed unto you. You weren't born into it, you couldn't earn it, it's given to you, that's the positional idea. He says, so my righteousness is nothing I can earn. It comes through faith in Jesus, and then Jesus imputes his righteousness on me because the, the bible dictates that i must be perfect to be able to get to heaven and then it says for all of sin and come short of the glory of god i need that and so god jesus imputes his own righteousness on me so that i can have this but he goes on beyond the idea because now that i have this positional change jesus god has changed me given me a new direction now i need to take some steps and this is where the confusion sometimes comes. i got saved my life's going to be oh my life's going to be great god's going to solve all of my problems all of these Greeks, drama's going to be gone, financial problems, it's just going to be as many call a bed of roses for the remainder of my life. I'll be honest with you, I've never understood the picture of bed of roses. Roses have thorns in them. It's just the whole picture never made sense to me. Let's see what Paul says next, though. He goes, I, I've been positionally, but here's what goes on further. He says in verse 10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Now he mentions several things in verse ten that he hopes to have in this growth as he walks with Jesus. He starts with that I may know him. Now it's an interesting word that's being used here. There is the word for gnosis, knowledge um, that we're talking about here. It's a Greek word that we get knowledge from, uh, but this one's a compound epignosis. It's an experiential now. It's not okay. There's, here's the difference. The difference between I know God exists and I've seen God work in my life. I've. Experienced answered prayer. I've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. I've experienced God directing me and transforming me. He goes, "That's what I want." So that means I'm going to have to take some steps of faith, and I'm going to have to stretch, be stretched by God. Then I can experience God do work. It's not just I've been saved; it's over. No, I'm beginning to grow. I, my desire is to know Him. That should be the desire of every Christian: to know God personally, to know Him intimately, to see Him work in your life. If all you have is a knowledge of His existence, the Bible said the devils have that and they tremble we must have growth so he said I may know him but here's what he means in deeper and the power of his resurrection this is a great phrase when Jesus rose from the grave he conquered death he conquered sin He'd already, if he completed it, you know what we look at? The power of resurrection is I'm no longer living as a dead person. When When I am dead in my sins before I get saved, I'm living under the bondage of sin, the guilt, and the bondage of this empty life, and there's nothing I can do about it. When I get saved, I want to experience the power of his resurrection, freedom from sin, freedom from sin's bondage, freedom from sin's guilt. Unfortunately, we still struggle with sin, but I'm no longer captive by that struggle and that is where he says i the i'm enjoying the fel- um, power of his resurrection then he says unfortunately the fellowship of his suffering there are going to be times where god will allow me or ask me to go through suffering for him because he went through it for me so i'm fine with that that is part of that belief system It's not always going to be easy and there's numerous reasons what god will ask me for that ultimately for his glory can i challenge you that's what we're looking for anyway I want to honor and glorify God as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, so therefore, I'm going to have to take some steps Not necessarily because they're right or because someone else wants me to or because I think it's right. and That's what God wants me to do. And that's all I need. It's really all I need as a Christian to take those steps. And then he says, uh, being made conformable unto his death. And what I mean by that is his thinking, his willingness to go to the cross and to die on the cross for you and me, to pay the punishment for our sin, being conformable to that type of sacrificial thinking, which rolls into the next verse. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He said, listen, I know the end of my life's coming. And I might be that one who dies for the cause of Christ while I'm attaining the resurrection. I, I will ultimately be raised into heaven. I'm going to be, I'm going to get that. And so there's two different thoughts in this verse. One thought is that he wants the power of the resurrection. One thought is he acknowledges his life is maybe coming to an end. And if that's what God wants, that's fine. That is, that is the thinking of Jesus' death. He went to the cross for the purpose, knowing that there was something beyond that. And Paul knew that this life was temporary, and so the future was great. So the thinking is is simply sacrificial. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. See, when we come into the Christian life and think, well, give me what I want, make my life better, that is not at all the Christianity. There's some people who lie to you about that, and trust me, you go into it, and find that it's not real, and boy, that leaves an emptiness, and generally a, a frustration towards Christianity in general. Really the idea of Christianity in general. The truth is that Jesus says, "I, your life will still have, unfortunately, its battles because you're still alive." but you will not you will no longer deal with them alone and as you follow me and glorify me i will walk with you i will strengthen you this is the heart of a christian now paul's going to continue in this thinking this thought doesn't end here so join us tomorrow as we conclude because it's a, it's a two-pronged thought this is the first thought of a willingness to submit and sacrifice for god the next thought talks about the pro, the the hope that comes from this. And so I hope you will uh, join us again tomorrow as we look at that. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Thursday. Give me a chance to be part of your day. I hope you stick with us. I hope studying through Philippines is an encouragement, always has been for me. And I hope that you'll just, I hope you'll have a great rest of your day. Join us again tomorrow.